We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everyone and welcome to the Gilcast. You're either listening to this on the Sports Grid of Fantasy Football Podcast or the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Feed. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Nate Noling and Sammy Reed for what you guys have stated is your least favorite permutation of the show, in which I dunk all over these nerds. Um, that's that's the spot that we are at today. We are we are talking to one guy who played Alvin Kamara in cash and two guys who did not play Alvin Kamara in cash. So guys, I mean, this is the, the floor is yours to, to bitch and moan about Josh Jacobs. Yeah, it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel great fading the uh, Alvin Kamara 40 burger when Jacobs puts up the seven. To be honest, Nate, it's very unlike you. This is, this is, it's very unlike Nate. To be like, you know what? I'm just gonna go with a guy who's smashed his dick off the last three weeks and fade a guy who has been a top five fantasy asset for like the entirety of the time that we've been doing this program. The worst thing is like my favorite thing, my favorite thing to target in fantasy is the running backs that get like above 10 expected DK rushing and, and then above 10 expected DK reception work. And uh, we've had three players who've hit it all year. Two of them were week one. One of them was Alvin Kamara on week eight. And I faded him. Tough no, I, like, I mean, I, I hate really That's like my – I don't even want to do the rest of this show. Like, <laughs> that was it. That was it. You played Alvin Kamara. You, you made money this week. This, that was the DJ Moore spot this week. Here, like, here, here's the thing. What's interesting is that I actually thought this was a pretty interesting slate. I thought that a lot of the two B2s – both sides had merit. I think obviously the, a huge chunk of the field played Sam Ellinger, but I totally thought uh, not playing Sam Ellinger was fine. And honestly, how much of the overlap in everyone's lineup happened, you think, because Waller was ruled out. I feel like before Waller got ruled out and everyone just played Foster Moreau, let's see, in the massive $25 oh, yeah, there was double 10 up, different. 
there was like five different ways to go at tight end. Friermuth, Friermuth was who I had um, before that. I I wanted to play Tanner Hudson, who ended up garbage heroing it with uh, three receptions for fifty eight yards. I I had, I guess I shouldn't say I had Friermuth in. I had Tanner Hudson in. That was who that was who I wanted to play because I wanted to play Alvin Kamara instead of Kenneth Walker. Um, but yeah. It was, it was like, I don't think it was that straightforward of a week. Like there, there ended up being a lot of overlap, but I would not have been surprised if someone, like if one projection system that people were using in blended optimals, if, if it was really dragging Ellinger down, like Tua would have been fine in cash too, I think. Tua was my original cash quarterback before all the optos started spitting out Ellinger. And I'm like, well, you know, I can get all these great players. And I played Ellinger and not Kamara. Like, what a goddamn fish I am. Like, unbelievable. Josh Jacobs! Josh Jacobs! This freaking guy. Like, we should have known, Nate. We should have known. Everything goes right for Josh Jacobs when things are going well. But have you ever heard of the vaunted New Orleans Saints rush defense? They're freaking good. And what happened when they started getting their asses kicked? They took Jacobs off the field. Does Alvin Kamara ever come off the field? No, he doesn't. Why did we play Josh Jacobs? I, you know, I, it's like, Feels I bad, have, man. it's like the, it, the, also the other thing with Jacobs to me is like, this is actually a spot of like long-term biasing, helping me out. Obviously has been killing me the last three weeks of like, I'm not playing Josh Jacobs at 30% owned in tournaments. And then he just rips off another 35 burger. But for so long, I have not been playing Josh Jacobs that I was like, I'm not paying more for Josh Jacobs than Alvin Kamara. I'm just not doing it. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a damn idiot. Like I have no excuses. Like it, it's easy to be results oriented when Jacobs tanks and, and Kamara does awesome and scores his first three touchdowns of the year or whatever. But like, I think the reality is Nate, we tend to like running backs who catch the ball. Has Jacobs been catching the ball more lately? Sure. More, but, but no one catches it more than Kamara. I mean, CMC, but that's it. Yeah, and God, I, I think I think it was just a, a complete choke, man. I think it was a choke. It was one of those situations where, like, I kind of just went with the the optos, and you know, sometimes it's a little bit more of an art. Sometimes you got to just understand like the ranges it, of players. Well, there, there. So we haven't even talked about actually why I didn't play the blended optimal. So this is the the team I played: Ellinger, Kamara, Pollard, Tyreek, Amon Ross, St. Brown, DJ Moore, Foster Moreau, Damian Pierce. And the Texans defense, Sammy played the blended optimal, Sam Ellinger, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Tyreek Hill, Chris Alave, DJ Moore, Foster Moreau, Kenneth Walker, and the Patriots defense. Nate, I think you. I had the same thing, except instead of Kenneth Walker and Patriots D, I think I had 49 you, you had, D you had and Pierce. Pierce. Yeah. Okay. So I really like. I swapped after the Kamara news. Well, I really. It actually is looking really stupid right now, but I loved Pearson, played him a bunch of tournaments. And I mean, Damian Pierce got Josh Jacobs, like his team just got yeah. blown out. He sucked, uh, which uh, which um, to be fair to the Jacobs people and not fair to people like me who jammed Damian Pierce, uh, the Texans totally airballing a game is like well within the range of out, like way more than any other team, well within the range of outcomes uh, yes. at, at any given moment. So the reason why I played what I did, which was not, this was, I don't even think this was a top 50 optimal, was I just wanted to play a Monroe St. Brown at 6,900. Really, my lineup was not even a function of saying 
that Kamara was that much better than Jacobs. It was that he was $400 cheaper and I wanted to play Amon Ross St. Brown. And I thought the $2,500 and $2,600 defenses, the Commanders, the Texans, and the 49ers were all fine. Like all, all playable. I didn't think any of them were like smashes, but they were all fine. But I just, and I'm kind of surprised Nate didn't like Amon Ross St. Brown because he's got to project for like, 11 targets in your stuff in this game. Project, oh, I really, projected I really, great, but Olave projected great too. That yeah, was the same. Thing. Yes, yeah. for sure. I really like sure. Monroe, but I thought Olave was like the play. Like Olave was the one that I couldn't get away from. Um, I actually did look at a couple lineups um, and using that that flex position for, for St. Brown. Season. Yeah. Over the uh, Kenneth Walker. Well, you could have you could have done you could have done my lineup with Alave, played a Monterey St. Brown at flex and then mm-hmm. had a better, like, I think a better defense, but it, it just was playing a Monterey St. Brown over Kamara. Yeah. Um, yeah. I almost looked at four wide receivers, but I just felt like there was so much running back value that I wanted th- at least three running backs. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I don't have any problems with what won this week. Like I have nothing to be upset about. Like what won was a good team. Like I just played bad. I mean, to, to, like, I feel, I feel kind of bad for playing Ellinger at the end. I mean, he ran six times. I guess no, if I know, four K, four K is there's a certain thing like when you look at the range of outcomes for players and then where four K falls that like his salary was so far from what it should have been that it's playable. I don't care what the outcome was at four K. I would do it again. I mean, Sammy, are you like I? You're 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 more the men. You're you're more the men tight end guy. Yeah, I mean, I like paying down for quarterback too, and obviously, four K is just like it opens up everything for the rest of your lineup. But Tua was the guy that I had for a decent amount of the week, anyways, because um, I just thought obviously this game was such a complete smash, and you know, it kind of stunk the way that the that the slate broke down that so many of these games, like there weren't really many swaptions at the end. You know what I mean? Um, Cause I would have really liked to get off Ellinger, but in the end it was like, Oh, I can go up to Malik Willis and then go down from Kenneth Walker and go to what, you know, yeah, I, really... thought, I, I thought about Malik for like 30 minutes. Yeah. I, I, I seen, I seen your tweet Malik Willis over Ellinger, but you know, I mean, one I of think, them actually well, is a runner. One well, of them, I, I didn't even I, consider I didn't even consider playing Ellinger in in tournaments. So, you know, give a give a hand wave to to what that is. You know, sometimes I, I think if you're not willing to ever play a guy in a tournament because you don't think he has the upside, why in cash? You know what I mean? I, I I'll never I'll never balk at a 4K, you know, guy in a dome against a, a pretty bad team. But I mean, shit, like. I wish I had it, stuck with Tua, man. Tua it is, is it is what it is. I mean, he he could have had a rushing touchdown at the end. They were they were second and goal from the two yard line, and ended ended up kicking a field goal. Like he he had a couple opportunities. Very easily could have gone um, the other way. So none of us played Kenneth Walker, who was pretty popular. Oh, you did. Okay, yeah, I played Walker. I I mean, obviously Kenneth Walker has just been giving. Uh, everyone the blade for the last three weeks but I I was a little concerned about Homer getting in on passing downs which 
uh, ended up happening. That which was another reason why. I mean, that's why I ended up playing Pierce, who did no fucking better. Uh, I yeah, think they, I was the the way I feel about Walker is he's just so goddamn he's good, so good that he's like that he's like mini Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? He's like okay, he doesn't really catch passes. Maybe he gets one or two there, but like I feel irrationally confident that he's going to break off a 60 yard touchdown Which every he, he, irrationally he, he, confident he didn't end up breaking off the 60 yarder he broke off i think a 25 yarder in the end but he still looks i mean he, he just physically looks different like yeah. watching him play so yeah i get it with walker i was a little scared with the homer thing but uh i, I think yeah Walker's- i i told i'm not faulting I, I think i'm not faulting anyone for playing the five guys who were playable um Jacobs, Kamara, Pollard, Walker, Pierce. I think honestly, maybe... the most frustrating thing about this week is looking at ownership percentages. I don't see bad plays. Like, yeah, there's really nobody to dunk on here. I mean, the it, top it, ten ownership uh, in the twenty-five dollar double up: Tony Pollard, DJ Moore, Tyreek Hill, Chris Olave, Ellinger, Walker, Foster Moreau, Commanders D. Amon Ross St. Brown, Kamara, Jacobs. Maybe, maybe yeah. Un- unbelievable. Maybe, like, why aren't people playing Wandell? Well, like, Wandell was Wandell was 19%. That's probably not great. One uh, uh Raheem Mostert was too high. I know he got all the rushing work, but like Yeah, he was he was totally he's unplayable a bad play in cash. He was totally cash. unplayable in cash, given I think I would have probably played Michael Carter over him, actually. Just hey, that, just you're, based, tri- you're tripping. Well, he I mean, got yeah, he got he gets all he was gonna get all the receiving work, which is exactly what happened. But I mean I'm not I I would obviously would not have played Michael fucking Carter and DK Cash either. There was <laughs> I'd just, rather play Carter play than, than Josh Jacobs. There Josh was Jacobs. Uh, there was a team I saw that got duplicated a fair bit that had Garrett Wilson in it, which I actually thought was fine. And say, so, I mean, what's the difference between DJ Moore and Garrett Wilson? Honest to God. Like they're DJ they're, Moore DJ Moore is DJ like Moore's really a, good. DJ Moore is a legitimate alpha. It yeah. doesn't have Zach oh, Wilson man. as his QB. That it's so it's like, so funny. That catch at the end was, I mean that's that's who DJ Moore is. Like you just wait for that for the entire game. It's it's so funny that play. Obviously, like I was just like, well, I'm gonna win every game in cash now, but it it totally ended up hurting my current winnings because any of the bubbling teams I had in tournaments were dead because I was I didn't whatever DJ Moore was owned like twenty percent or whatever. I didn't have any of that. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty pissed about the DJ Moore stuff because people finally after he smashed last week and me and you Nate we just alpha it up and played him in spite of all his his so, dickhead performances. So and now, now this he's week 60% owned. Yeah, and now this week everybody owns him and he catches this deep ass touchdown, awesome play, puts a 30 burger up at 5.3k and like everybody owns him. It didn't even help us that much. Yeah. Yeah, DFS DFS feels pretty dead. This week, you know, it's like it's like yeah. you literally you literally could have played a to a double stack with Alvin Kamara and like maybe not have even gotten a top 50 score like not like like not even close. Yeah, it's so- it's pretty it's pretty tough, man. And, you know, I, I think at the end for Nate and I like it really just came down to, down to playing Jacobs instead of Kamara. Like that was that so was nothing, it. We not, can- not really anything interesting to talk about. It's just. Yeah, I, w- I wish is. there. I wish there was. I mean, certainly, like with the run out that happened, you're like, "Damn, I'm such an idiot." You know, Josh Jacobs didn't have 150 total yards, I think, for the first time since week three. And even though the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders are just posers. Like they just, they just no showed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you guys suck. Like, go home. 
but you know, it was, it was not, I mean, the saints are pretty bad. The saints came in like two and five. It's like, you didn't really expect the Raiders 33 points a game. Like the last yeah. four months and, or four weeks. Yeah. And I try not to wrap myself up in the, Oh, they're a pass funnel, you know, this and that. I mean, Jacobs has just been like laying waste to everybody. Um, but the way that the run out happened in this game, like they just got down so much that they really didn't go to Jacobs and they ended up taking him off the field and you know, all this stuff. And it just, it just really sucked, man. I mean, I think Camaro was a great play. I think Jacobs was fine. Obviously if I had to do it all over again, I think Camara, I mean, Camara basically since like week two or three has just had this like insane role of both pass catching and, and you want to know why I, I chose Jacobs why I thought about it. I, I just said to myself, you know what? Who's got the better chance of hitting the bonus? Like Josh yeah, Jacobs does. For you sure. Know, I mean, Kamara, Kamara had 40 without the bonus, dude. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> same, who cares same, about the bonus? Same, same for CMC too. CMC had 40 without the bonus as well. Yeah. So it's it's pretty uh it's a pretty tough scene. Uh just wearing it this week, and my family's gonna go poor because Josh Jacobs and, and the Raiders are just huge cuckleberries. Yeah. I mean, but uh, like, so we actually talked about this a little bit each of the last two weeks in terms like the value of not being on like one of the two or three most duped teams. And I I had two guys in my lineup who were sub. I mean, this is such an insane thing to say, given the state of NFL cash games. But Kamara was only 30 percent and St. Brown was only 12 percent. I don't, I wasn't doing that on like purpose or whatever, but it, I don't know. It's like, there's kind of this added extra level of game theory, especially when you're playing double ups as opposed, like, I mean, I'm playing one lineup and all the same, but like the value of not having the number one most owned team, just, just having, I feel like just having, not having that is value in and of itself. I think it's probably hard to quantify and someone smarter than me, you know, one of these dudes who runs all these sims or whatever would be able to more accurately and more eloquently state what the value of that would be. But just just not having every dude in your lineup being 60% feels like, I don't know, maybe it's a feel thing, but it feels nicer. Well, I, I mean, we'll, we'll go back to but, the discussion because we had it last week. It depends week, on like... the field that you're playing. Like in 2017, that's probably accurate. But in today's DFS... It means you're giving up points. It means you're giving up points. No, all these players that are 60% on are the right plays. Like, the field is objectively sharper than they used to be. It just is. I mean, we just went through the top top 10 own. Like, if you don't play those players, you're giving up points. Yeah, and I, Davis, I really did like Amon Ra this week. Uh, I had him in a decent amount of tournaments, et cetera. I can't get this fucking guy right. I mean, it's like I fade him in the week he gets 30, play him the two weeks he, he leaves injured. He, I mean, he was fine this week, like not like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think he was worth deconstructing the lineup for over Olave, um, you know, but it's a, well, it's like, you know, in Levitan, he does like the must plays and the want plays like St. Brown was the want play. He was yeah. like, he was just like, I'm treating him. I'm treating him like a must play, even though he's a want play. Right. And you know, I, I think, I don't think there's really a ton of value Going back to the the discussion, I don't think there's a ton of value in your 50-50s and double-ups of being especially contrarian. Because if you just get in the top half, like you're great. I think the value of being contrarian, like there, there's no real upside to it besides to like get above a, a train or two. But like 
where the real upside comes is in cash games. That that's that's my opinion about it. The upside comes when you know you have something where you're just like, yeah, if I if I hit a top 80th percentile or whatever, like I can just sweep the field. And uh and yeah, and 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 I, I didn't even you, win. I guess you did I, it. I mean I didn't even win every game. Like normally in a week like this, you'd be like, oh, well, you won every game. And it must have just been because people, people played Tua. Well, they no. Well, I don't. I guess yeah. Tua, any five k wide receiver. I think some people played Foreman too, which is like what I mean. I don't Woo. know. I, I I couldn't have done it, but boom! You know, it's a smash props, show. Props hey, to anyone who played Foreman. When 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 Chuba got ruled out, I think I probably should have thought more about Foreman in tournaments. I played him. I I played I, him. I played in, Foreman in both my tournament teams. I yeah. thought he was like the pivot off the obvious running back yeah i played him i played sure. him in a i played him in a lineup that had um Devontae adams and malik willis so that lineup uh did not find its way to the yeah, Devontae Adams. i mean this game script if, if josh jacobs doesn't do what josh jacobs does you would think Devonte adams has to get 15 targets and 10 receptions right oh I mean, yeah i mean the dude the raiders have this run out to have this run out and cash and get killed by Jacobs, and then to have Devonte in all my tournaments, and just to get smashed on that was—I mean, I literally got hammered from both sides of this freaking Vegas. They—they <laughs> they ran a train oh. on old Nate. By the way, uh, just you didn't mention it, but Davis scored one ninety-eight point fourteen. I scored one fifty-eight point fourteen, and Nate scored one forty-nine point one. So, Nate, Nate with the basement. <sighs> Tough. I mean, I, I, mean, just... I think I. My swap team was in there, but it wasn't even the thing is though, is like, because my tournament teams were obviously suffering so poorly as a result of the Tua explosion. It's like, it just, just doesn't even matter. It, it literally, it literally did. It literally did not even matter. Like I wasn't even having a good time. Cause that's where, cause that's where we're at. You know, we all want to win first place in these tournaments and it's just like, you know, I keep galaxy braining myself um <laughs> I, i'm surprised because there's no chiefs on the slate i thought you might bink something well and and it, so uh i i played i played a little bit more than usual this week because i kind of like the slate so i'll go through i'll go through two teams that i played one being i so i i played a bunch of miami detroit stuff just to try and capture that um my best one this one was in the $27 single entry. Tua, Swift, Foreman, Tyreek, St. Brown, Waddle, Gasicki, Van Jefferson, and the Flex with a nice little zero. Panthers defense with a five. So that was like the only way I saw to get semi-contrarian with that game was to play Swift on the Lions and Gasicki on the Patriots. Um, they both scored, but we're yeah, not even close. But the the ownership on those just guys, wait for my tournament teams because there is a different way to get exposed. There, there is so that so the ownership on this team, I mean, it wasn't as insane as I thought. Tua, it at well, it is still pretty bad, right? Because twenty percent of the field makes money, right? So you got Tua at nineteen percent, Tyreek at thirty percent, Waddle at twenty percent. So then basically your whole thesis comes down to can DeAndre Swift at eight percent. And and Van Jefferson at nine percent, which is that's horrible. Van Jefferson at nine percent, got to be the worst play I've ever made. I mean, that is fucking 
horrible. What a that's moron, a that's right? a that's a Nate Sammy Watkins type okay, of play. Okay, right okay, okay. Let me explain that play though. The only reason that play was the percent it was is because there were no receivers under forty five hundred maybe this week that were playing. It was it was Tyquan Thornton I mean, and Van Jefferson. That was it. There was two guys that all of those optimizers yeah it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make it like it doesn't make it any better like obviously i should have just done it literally anything else other than that yeah because because you don't because then you're you're overlapping okay like okay so 20 percent of the field has the same stack as you and then of the people playing that stack maybe three percent of the field also has van jefferson so then you're like 2v2ing people at defense to try and win a hundred thousand dollars like that that's bad i don't know that I guess maybe other people are doing, it. and then I'll I'll just I'll eat this shit. This is this awful team I played in the spy. Malik Willis at four percent, Damian Pierce at six percent. I played Pollard on every team. I I was like, uh, what I I said, but on the Soul Cast I said you don't get to Christmas morning and then not open your presents. So <laughs> so it's like I wasn't gonna get Tony Pollard as a ten point home favorite and then be like you know what for game theory reasons I'm actually I'm gonna play David Montgomery as a direct and it's like no I'm just gonna play Tony yeah. Pollard. Yeah. Uh, St. Brown at twenty one percent, Waddle at twenty six, Alave at thirty three percent, horrible. Moreau only ever checked in at ten percent, so I think he was still pretty strong. Uh, then Kenneth Walker at twenty percent, one percent owned Seahawks defense. But the the thinking was basically just like if you play Malik, you can play whatever you want because if he gets a tournament winning score, you're you're gonna be bootlegging people. You're you're gonna you're gonna have people dominated because like I don't know, like if you know if he scores a fifty yard rushing touchdown or whatever, you're you're crushing pe- you're crushing people that played Tua because you have an extra twelve hundred dollars of salary. Yeah, yeah, I, I I liked playing Willis. I didn't do it, but I thought it was a good idea. Well, did uh, the yeah, he threw one pass attempt in the second half, and it was a throwaway. It was it was a like like so I avoid a sack play. Yeah, so, don't don't feel confident that he that he wrestled the uh, starting job away this week. His job no. his job was to hand the ball to Derrick Henry. Yeah, if you spent if you spent Fab on uh on Malik Willis this week, you know, like me, GZ. Uh, all right. Nate tournament team. Um, all right. So like you, I, the goal was to get exposure to Miami, Detroit and be different. Um, so my main stack was, uh, I went golf, uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. And then I went Reynolds cause I thought Reynolds, um, without shark, I think Reynolds to me provided like the upside at low ownership in that game that I thought could be different. I didn't think, I thought I looked at Swift a lot, but I didn't think Swift was, I don't know, his health concerns didn't, I didn't feel as confident as I did in Reynolds being out there. So went Reynolds uh, and then brought it back with Gesicki. How many weeks in a row can Khalif Raymond own Nate's soul? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was still thing to watch Khalif Raymond, number 11, get all that work. Um, Like when the game goes off, and you have the game, and you just—it wasn't. It I mean, wasn't that's Brown. that's literally the point, though. Like, what? Like, no, like I, this is literally the point of like, what do we do? Just keep playing into this chalk? Is like, oh, I hit the nuts game stack, and I I didn't even yeah. min cash. Like that is why. So, despite getting our asses just handed to us week after week, I'm still doing shit like playing Malik Willis at four percent because it's it's like literally, what's the point? So I felt good about that like that double stack with the bring back. I, I really do. Like I looked at this lineup 
a lot this morning and I felt good about it before lock. And then when I saw ownership flip over Reynolds at two and a half percent, uh, Gesicki was under 10. I, I felt fine about that. Um, and then my leverage play was Devonte Adams. I had Devonte Adams in all my tournament teams because I thought, and again, Sammy, you talk about this all the time when you're trying to get leverage off a position in cash, maybe you just should be looking at that position in cash. So I thought, what's the best way to get leverage off of Jacobs? And it's going to be Devonte Adams. Uh, Devonte Adams was single digit owned. Felt great. Uh, nothing, nothing happened. And that was my spend up. So killed my lineup. I also went with Pollard, Foreman, uh, Kittle and Patriots D to finish it off. But, um, yeah, Devonte, not great. It's, it, it's sharp, man. I, I like that lineup. I, I played him too. He was sick all week with the flu. So I do wonder if that is playing like i wonder if i'm not fading was... guys for the flu when i see well, no but i wonder it doesn't change anything to me like well what i'm saying is they're down what were they down 21 0 at halftime and they're just and and adams is like i'm not fucking running these routes, I don't think you he, know it was like he had I, he might have had one target at half i mean it was nuts Nate, you don't you don't have an influenza input in the model no oh no dude you need it's to no update that thing yeah jesus all right uh, sammy all right. Uh, my best tournament team was, I think this was in the red zone. Uh, I played a Jalen Hurts single stack with. I, I I had some Hurts stuff out there too, which again, hilarious. J- he didn't even matter. I mean, Hurts was like drawing dead to be four touchdowns, drawing dead to be in the optimal. Don't, don't even matter. Yeah. I had, I had Hurts uh, single stacked with AJ Brown. And I brought it back with Fryermuth. Yeah, I I thought you I thought a bring back in that game was hundred percent. You had to do it because they were never going to throw forty times unless Pittsburgh scored some points. Right. Yeah. And yeah, the, they'll just they'll just run it down. And you know, I, I thought about some pickings as well, but in the that's, end, I like that's that's who I played in my as my bring back, and he it, had a zero. Yeah, in the end, I, I did enjoy like just taking care of the tight end spot for pretty cheap. A guy that we probably would have been looking at really heavily in cash, um, you know, should if if Waller had played. So I like the Hertz and Brown and and uh, Fryermuth bring back. I played Pierce and the Texans defense as a little correlation. Uh, I did play Tony Pollard. I ate the chalk with DJ Moore. He was twenty nine percent owned. I also got some uh, Darnell Mooney in this lineup. I played Wandell Robinson, and this lineup scored one eighty five point five, and I think it like min cashed. So I, you know, I, I, I basically didn't play the the game, right? I didn't play the Detroit game in this one, and tried to kind of get away from it. Uh, I liked the idea of like getting Mooney in that lineup because I thought that Dallas would wreck shop and Mooney would get some volume, but. You know, in the end, uh, no, 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 to a double stack, no money. So I was pleasantly surprised to just min cash with this thing. That fourth AJ Brown touchdown would have been pretty fire, though. He was like trucking toward the end zone. I thought he was going to get there, and he just like tripped up and ran out of steam. And ah, so close. The uh, the team that won the big spy, the hundred k to first spy, had two players under thirteen percent owned. Which were was Garrett Wilson at seven percent, the Cowboys defense at six percent, and it had mo- more players over twenty five percent owned than fewer players under twenty five percent owned. Damn, two hundred two hundred fifty two points. Damn. Well, I mean this this feels like several weeks in a row that 
that tournament teams are being taken down by really chalky lineups that maybe just have a piece or two changing. And I mean, I, I think this has been discussed on plenty of other podcasts, whether you guys think that's a trend that that's going to continue um, or or not, but you know, I mean, I, 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 I would hope it, I, I think tournaments this year have been extra like super sharp. And, and I think I love hearing so much frustration because I do think that eventually the field's going to soften again. And the field's going to go back to playing too chalky and then optimal. Well, I mean, I think you can already. And then Malik Willis reigns. I think you can already argue that that they are. I mean, for example, Damian Pierce being 6 to 10% owned and then Tony Pollard being 60% owned. Like the odds that Tony Pollard outscores Damian Pierce are nothing like that ownership gap would, would dictate. I mean, obviously do as I say, not as I do as I jam Tony Pollard relentlessly in every lineup, but like, correct. but like, I, I mean, and it's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit last week too. Like the wide receiver chalk didn't get there at all last week. Other than, other than chase, um, you know, CD busted Gallup busted, um, uh, like multiple, multiple high owned wide receivers busted last week. Then they all got there this week. I mean, just everyone got there this week. And, um, do you think that they're going to stop getting there? The, the dolphins play the bears next week. Damn, except everybody except Olave, you know, he just he just really destroyed so many of my prize picks tickets it, it, early in the week. Like my two biggest prize picks it was like CMC over 55.5 was a lock. And then Olave over 62, I felt like was pretty lockish. And uh, what one of those was good and one of them wasn't. So CMC tough. just CMC just doing it all himself, man. Just that, uh, catch, that, that, that end zone catch was was beautiful. Yeah, it was after that. I mean, it was like I got hyped. Yeah, it was it was great because like he motioned out and then just sat in like the deep flat. Like he wasn't even really part of the route pattern. And then the play broke and he just like streaks toward the end zone, makes a leaping catch like a receiver. And it was just like, boom, CMC's here, kid. Yeah, it's a it's a amazing that uh, the for, the 49ers are, uh, you know what they are? They're the the sword fighter in Indiana Jones who's doing all the crazy sword fighting and it looks so impressive and then, and then get shot and then indy just shoots him that's the 49ers the 49ers for the 17 or 18 games leading up to their playoff loss are the guy with the sword and then the you know the the eagles or the buccaneers or whatever or indiana jones who just who just grunts and shoots them it's gonna be like watching them watching people get so excited about the 49ers if they win their their playoff game and then uh, and then, you know, lose as a 10-point home favorite or whatever. By the way, the Los Angeles Rams, I mean, what a what a fall from grace for the Los Dust. Angeles. Dust. That, that is the underlying, like, thing about this NFL season is from a real football standpoint, I am fully enjoying watching Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and the Rams just look miserable. Like, yeah. that is the only redeeming part of this NFL season so far. It's well, pretty the, great. The, the Packers and the Buccaneers and the Rams all stinking is like, it's pretty it's, good. Yeah. It's, it makes football fun to watch. Like I love watching Aaron Rodgers just lose his mind out there on the football field. I can't wait for tonight. It, it's, it's also like, I, I mean, this is maybe more of like a thing for chiefs fans, but like watching Mahomes with clearly an inferior team to the Eagles and the bills. I find that to be pretty interesting. Like, like, 
just like it, basically the guy the guy goes out there and MacGyver's his way around to 303 with like McCole Hardman gadget plays and stuff, you know, and then you watch Josh Allen and it's like, and there's another guy who's wide open, you know, and that guy's wide open and, you know, AJ Brown is just like create, like he, the guy is just destroying worlds. And, yeah. Know, we can, we, we can, throw the the off- we can throw the Steelers in there too. I'm a Steelers fan, but like Tomlin has this streak of never having a losing season. Yeah. They're, they're always there. And the Steelers are essentially the worst team in the league. Maybe maybe oh, one no, of the, the bottom the three. Texans, the Texans. Yeah, the worst I mean the league. Steelers are like bottom three, right? So for all the, yeah, what are where where are you at this offseason about Tyreek and Mahomes to be able to watch both of them leave and get better? Like both yeah. of them are now more affirmed as like who they are and their talent yeah. level than together. It's crazy. I mean, Tyreek is a freak. Tyreek is insane. What he can do, he's better. His his volume his now ability, is better than he's ever gotten. His ability to make those awful Tua throws turn into like 40 yard gains is unbelievable. It's insane. And then obviously Mahomes is also like playing out of his mind. So it's, it's fun watching players like that, that you think are relying on each other, just go and dominate elsewhere versus Rogers and Devante. Where are you at on, on picket, Sammy? Are you like, are you like, we got to give this guy another year or, or are you, you're already ready to move oh, on? Oh, dude, I, I spent, I spent four hours the other day in the, like in the middle of the night after the kids went to bed, researching the, the college class of quarterbacks this year. He, I'm like, who, no who, who could we get? He's no fields. Fields, fields looking like a competent NFL quarterback is, is pretty fun. Fields has it. Fields has it. I don't think no, people realize he, like he's still... you put him around a better team, he has it. I mean he that's al- that's always been my opinion, so I try not to vacillate too much, but like some of the decision making stuff, he he's got a way to go. No, he's got it. The talent is there. Honestly, I like I love watching Fields. It's the team is terrible. The team is absolutely terrible and he does things every single week that on any other team would be it's all we would talk about every Monday. Well, you know, that used to be the Carson. That used to be what people would say about Carson Wentz is they'd be like, no one, no one can make these throws like Carson Wentz. You know, if, <laughs> if Patrick Mahomes did this thing that Carson Wentz did, it would be leading sports center. So I'm a little bit hesitant to get into that. I mean, I think the designed rushing obviously has opened things up for them a little bit. And he still makes some pretty uh, head scratching stuff. He takes too many sacks too, which is something that guys can get better at. And like it's it's like it's honestly it's but he's also got like, the worst offensive line in the league. And like this week he faced Dallas. Dallas has like the best. Yeah, but people make those excuses for for Joe Burrow all the time. And I'm not like if I'm not going to give Joe Burrow that, I'm not going. I'm give not Justin giving Joe Fields Burrow that. an excuse because he's on a historically incredible offense. Like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon. Hayden, Hurt. I mean, he literally has weapons at a historical level. Like, hey, speaking of weapons, Davis. Just give me an estimate from week 10 on how many of your main tournament teams will have Kadarius Tony on them. So assuming he's priced like reasonably to begin with, like 4.7 K average. Oh, we'll have a hundred percent of him next week. I don't even know who the chiefs play, but I'll have a hundred percent of him. <laughs> and then assuming that he goes, assuming that he plays like a limited role and goes like four for 63 and a touchdown, uh, then I'll have a hundred percent of them the next week, probably up until like 7,000, I would guess. I mean, it's like, <laughs> here's the thing. Until 7,000. <laughs> if, if Kadarius Tony is the guy who he was in his breakout game against the, the Cowboys and he's that guy on the chiefs offense, 
then he is going to be unreal. I don't know if he can be that guy. I mean, he might show up and re-injure his hamstring and we might never hear from him again. He's played something like five NFL games, I think. Something insane, right? No, he's it's played a, he's played a few more than that. Uh, he has played... No, shit, you're right. Five NFL games. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, five NFL games. These are his stat lines. Uh, five snaps in his first game, two targets. Plays... 46 snaps in his in a the third game, two for 16, six for 78, 10 for 189. Oh, this is wrong. He's played in more than four games. Whatever. He's good. He's really he, good. Yeah, you're throwing the stats out. They don't they don't fit your narrative. It, we gotta get rid of ma- them. These, no, these stats mean, are wrong. <laughs> he he does, he has uh an insane targets per route run, but like also any guy who could like move on the Giants would have an insane targets per route run. So yeah. I don't know. It was it was clearly, I think, a good gamble. I think the the biggest thing that trade says is that Sky Moore is not ready to play this year, and they, might they never paid be. for him. They paid for him like a third and the sixth is is an actual price. Uh, yeah, the Giants getting that to me that's the like steal of the whole thing. Like the Giants may be sharp, like they're getting value for a guy like that, and then somehow winning games like. I mean, yeah, but the, the, uh, the, they have extra draft picks from the Tyreek trade though, too. And you can only like, like your roster can only have so many guys and you have to oh, pay the supplemental guy. picks. No, like they were, they received picks for Tyreek okay. Hill. They got a, they got a first and a fourth for him. Gotcha. All right. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have a ton of faith, but. Man, I'm I'm definitely it's, stashing. It's, it's also this like, is going to be our worst show ever. We have talked way too much real football. The oh, listeners, I mean, what is it? What what did people want us to do? Be like this show. What did what did they want us to do? Be like, yeah, Alvin Kamara, that guy sure is good. Josh Jacobs, well, I, I have some more prize picks takes if you guys want them. But... No, no one, no one wants that. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's uh, let's get out of here, boys. Uh, I'll be. We will all be back next week and uh, I'll be back with the waiver wire show here in a couple days. See y'all then.